I hope, though, that quarterback isn't defining me and that I can be much more than that. Once again, we're here with Cal commit Jared Goff. Jared Goff has set the mark. He needed one touchdown to become the all-time leading passer with touchdown passes here at Cal. So after much deliberation with my family and close friends, uh, I've decided to forego my senior year at Cal and declare for the 2016 NFL Draft. The first pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Rams select Jared Goff, quarterback, California. You go from Rams from then, 2018 Super Bowl, now it's 2023. That whole journey of Super Bowl not working out, things kind of going awry in L.A., trading you. City, you poured your heart out into, right? You put everything you wanted, and then you go to Detroit and have to basically start from a Super Bowl team to a rebuild team. At Cal and in L.A. and Detroit, he's always available. He's never hurt. And by the way, you can no longer say it's McVay. He's now worked in two offensive systems with two head coaches and multiple coordinators. You know, a lot to look forward to this year and um, a good year ahead. This is episode three of season two. We got awesome guest today, Jared Goff. Appreciate you coming on, Jared. Um, no honestly, problem. like we were talking about it before you came on here. You're one of our favorite dudes in the league right now. And just from a oh, journey man. perspective. We think from, you're one of a lot of people's favorite. Dude. You're like the undercover. If you asked a bunch of NFL starting quarterbacks who their favorite dudes are to hang with, like <laughs> your name's coming up a lot more than people realize. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. I'll take it. I appreciate that, guys. No, it's awesome. And I think the coolest part is, and, and and we talked to a ton of different guys on here, but I think the coolest part is the the journey of it, right? Like we'll get into it a lot more later, but I mean, we've all had our own journeys. And I think the more you talk to guys and you've been around tons of guys in the league, everyone's journey is unique. Everyone's different, but everyone hits adversity. And to see you balling and to see the way you played, especially at the end of season last year is awesome, man. We're pumped for you. Thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. My, my sons don't have jerseys, but like when they do start getting one, they're going to they're going to have a golf jersey oh, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Nothing better than seeing the little guys with with your with your uni on around the crowd yeah. and stuff. It's good. Yeah, and an extra like 14, what do you get like $14.75 royalty on it too. So it's a, it's a it's a win-win across the board. <laughs> Dude, I got a royalty email the other day and it was like $1.72. I'm like, didn't buy half a jersey? Like what? <laughs> you know, it's probably like yeah, returned you know that, it. Though? So I got the 172. That's it. Yeah. Um so yeah, let's get into it, man. Um we want to start off talking about your head coach, Dan Campbell. I think for you as a quarterback and for every quarterback, the, the head coach relationship is super important. I think I've seen, I've been places where the relationship isn't great. And I've been places where the relationship is awesome. Like here, Sean and, and Josh have an awesome relationship. Um, you guys, first year you go 13 and three and one. Ties always suck. And last year, start off rough one and seven, but end up nine and eight. And I just remember we actually watched this clip in situations the other day where you threw the touchdown on fourth down on the last play of the game, which yeah. is like un unbelievable read, unbelievable throw, horrible defense. Like can't believe horrible, they gave it up. Horrible. But I remember seeing you run to Dan Campbell on the sideline immediately. And you guys had the biggest bro hug of all time. How big has <laughs> Dan Campbell been for you in your career? Yeah. He, you know, I, I, to answer your question, I guess on a macro level, he's been incredible for my career and um, just being able to play for a guy like him, a guy that played the game and, and a guy that really knows it. Um, it. It's been a lot of fun. And, and obviously everyone sees his energy and his you know quirkiness or whatever you want to call it, you know, in the media, but he's damn smart, man. He's a lot of fun to talk ball with and he gets it. His, his emotional intelligence, I think is extremely high, which people don't quite realize is, 
his ability to read a room and, and lead people in different ways. But yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun to play for. And, and, and that play in particular is one I'll remember forever. And everyone asked me like, why'd I run over there and hug him right away? And I really don't have a great answer for you. I just kind of, that was the first thought in my mind is, you know, cause it was our first win, you know, we, had, yeah. we, we were kind of grinding through this thing together. Um, certainly that first year trying to get through it, trying to get our offense on the right track, trying to get our team on the right track. And, um, for us to finish, uh, you know, that game that way at home to get that first win uh, was pretty special for for both of us. And and he's a former player. You mentioned it. Um, I I don't have the stats in front of me. I feel like you have more former players on your coaching staff than anybody. I'm sure you know it. Like it's yeah. we have six more than everyone else. Like what is the situation? We must. I, I don't think we've ever counted it, but we must. We've got. Um, I mean, Mark Brunel, Deuce Staley was here last year. Antoine Randall, Hank Fraley. Steve Hyden's our new tight ends coach. Obviously, Dan. I mean, that's just on offense. Aaron Glenn played for a while. Kelvin Shepard. Um, there's there's probably some I'm even forgetting, but yeah, we, we've got we've got a lot, man, and it's uh, it's fun. You know, we give them a hard time all the time. Where you know, every once in a while, Dan will pull up an old clip of those guys doing doing exactly what they tell us to do the wrong way. You know, like it, it, you know, they, they our old line coach is telling them to run off the ball, and it'll show him kind of you know jogging off the ball and doing doing stuff like that. So. <laughs> Uh, we'll mess around with it like that. It's fun, but they've got a lot of good uh, insight and a lot of good um, stuff that they went through that they can, uh, you know, bring to us. Obviously, Brunel for me has been awesome with with that as well, where he was a starter for so long and has those, um, you know, memories and has those uh, tricks and different things that he did that that helps me. So Brunel in particular is who I want to talk to. So talk about. So I was drafted by the Redskins and. Brunel was the starter. Brunel was the quarterback. I was the rookie with Brunel. Has that ever come up? Like, yeah, yeah. No, he's mentioned it because because we have Hendon and we were talking about you and, and Brunel mentioned yeah, yeah. Um, that he was with you there. So here's a good one. So I surfed my whole life, and Brunel has never surfed, but he's seen the movie Point Break. You ever seen Point Break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he just called me Bodie from the jump, which is Patrick Swayze's character. It. Right. So he just called me Bodie. I don't know that he's referred to me as Jordan or JP till like years later. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't even dip. Right. He doesn't chew, but like was one of those guys who'd like throw one in if everyone's throwing one in kind of thing. Right. right, right. And this is to this day. So that was my rookie year. I had been around the league cause my brother, you know, for like uh-huh. four years or five years, whatever it was, I'd been hanging out in NFL locker rooms, off seasons and stuff. So I'm used to the whole hazing thing. And this guy, he had the ultimate. I, then I went and played alongside, and I've never seen anybody do anything this good. Bodie, I need a dip, <laughs> no and I put it in. About an hour later, Bodie, I'm done with this one. <laughs> Take it out. <laughs> one time, he did it multiple times. It was like a handful of times. Oh, like yeah. he just got to throw one in with the boys, kind of thing. But, uh, dude, all time just and it, it was like year 19. Right, you know what I mean, right, it's right. not like he was older. It's like it was year nineteen, right? He was, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he. So I think he played twenty one. He's so fun to be around and keeps it light, keeps it fun. Um, great teacher. He's fun to. He's got a lot of, like I mentioned, a lot of good, like little ticks, trips, or uh, tips and tricks that you know I can use, and um, it's been fun. How cool is that as like a as a quarterback to have a quarterback coach that's played? You know, I've played. Yeah for coaches who haven't played and they don't see it the same way. And then you've got guys in the room that have played a bunch with you. You can talk through it, but to have an actual coach where you're talking scheme, you're talking reads and everything that's played yeah. for you for like 19, 20 years, that's gotta be such an edge up. 
Yeah, I think the the best way to describe how it's good for me is is like you, you know you make decisions in games or in practice that that don't really make sense to coaches sometimes, but yep. he'll be like, oh, I get it. Just be you know, mm-hmm. this is the way the pocket was, or the way um, you know that safety moved that way, and and it, it made you think something that was wrong, or you know he he gets it where you know you make certain decisions that you know aren't right on paper, but you know when you take a step back and you played the position as long as he has, he goes, oh, I got it. I see what you see. Um, and, it, and it helps me, you know, win a lot of those battles in the quarterback room sometimes, you know, for sure. Yeah. I got a quick Fitzy story on that. Um, I was with Fitzy in Washington and game one, he breaks his hip. Right. And he's right, been trying right, all, right. all off season. He's been trying to get stuff put in the playbook like this. I like, I see this, I see it this way. And they've just kind of, they were just like pushing him to the side. They're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so finally he comes into the QB room that week after breaking his hip, he's just trying to help Taylor Heineke started. He's trying to help Taylor get ready for the week, whatever. And he's like, we need to put this in this week against these guys, blah, blah, blah. We need to put this in. And our quarterback at the coach con, he goes, yeah, okay, uh, next play. And he just goes to the next play. And Fitz finally goes, he slaps the table. He goes like, I'm sick and fucking tired of you guys thinking you know what it's fucking like. You don't stand back there. Like, right. I want it from a guy who stands Ooh. behind it. And he went off. It's, and we had a new Peace Squad guy in there, Kyle Shermer. Which is like so favorite. rare for Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's like the, the right, he's just he's chill. serious in his life. Yeah. And our new Peace Squad guy, we walk out of the room and I'm dying laughing because I've been exiting him all. I'm like, you're not going to do it. You're not going to fucking do yeah. it. Fitz. You're not yeah, going to yeah. flip out on him. You're too much. Bliss. And our new Peace Squad guy goes, what the hell is going on in here, bro? Like, what is the deal? Right. Well, no, that's what you're saying. Thing, yeah. 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 Like, it's, it's hard to understand it if you haven't played. And then, and then even the off the field stuff. Um, and, and not to speak badly on any coaches that didn't play quarterback, but there's there's certain things that go on in the locker room or in between practice or before practice or certain leadership moments that uh, you know most guys don't quite understand or grasp unless you've done it or you've lived it. Yeah, um, and he has, so it helps. All right, we're gonna get into a little game here. All right, so, um, do you know who Bob Green is, the coach? No, should I? Kyle, how would you describe Bob Green? No, he's more. It's like small time college coach, but just has crazy quotes. Like he's always in the he media kind of has gone viral quotes. for some. Oh yeah, years. I think I know that a guy. Yeah, he says yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna play a game here. Dan Campbell or Bob Green? Okay. So I'm gonna read the quote. Right, I know who okay. that is. Yep. Yep, and you're gonna tell me which guy you think it is, and we'll score okay. it up, and okay. and uh, we'll send you a prize. Um, all right, we're starving, so the hyenas better get out of the way. I think that's Dan. Correct. You're one for one. That's a hot start right there. Uh, That is Dan Campbell. All right, next one. We're like the kid that plays second French horn in the school band. We got to play better. That's Bob Green. That ain't Dan. Two for two. Jake, producer, we got to make harder questions. All right. There's a double-edged sword. You know it's kind of like watching your mother-in-law go off on a cliff in a Cadillac. You got mixed feelings. (laughs) That's not Dan either. That's that's, that's Bob. Bob. Coach Green. Three for three. Doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. That is Dan. That one's yep. definitely Dan Old Campbell. Time. I didn't. I've never heard that quote. I would have guessed Dan Campbell too. Probably a lot of beating their ass. Like, yep. you know, yep. whoop up on it. Probably a lot of that. The hyenas is a constant theme. So yeah, we're kind of like a woodpecker in a petrified forest. We just keep busy. Ooh, I, I'm gonna guess the other guy because I don't think I've heard him say that. But that could be Dan. Well, which one is it? I'm going to say Coach Green. Okay. Yeah, that's Coach Green. Uh, I'm not going to wipe your butt. You're going to wipe your own butt. You handle it. 
and I'll treat you like men until you prove damn. otherwise. That's Dan. Do you remember that quote? Oh yeah. Like what was that after? Uh, I think he was just like, like what happened that led to I don't that? Think quote? Happened. I think he was just kind of setting the tone for how he was going to treat us. Um, I would imagine that was during training camp or something last year. Um, no one like messed anything up or did something where they needed their, their butt wiped. It's just, he was saying, I'm not going to hold your hand. Basically. I'm going to, you guys are grown men. That's how he, it's great. That's how he treats us. It's awesome. That's cool. The last one, I, 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 this is the one that I knew. So this is obviously, but Dan Campbell. So I'm going to give you the answer because it's just so good. I want to read it again anyways. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up and on the way up, we're going to bite your kneecap off. I mean, this dude is like, is any of this stuff thought about in advance? I mean, no, Kyle tries to be funny a lot, so he thinks about what he's going to say before yeah, he says I got it. A script he it kind of sometimes puts it in notes on his phone. Yeah. I'm more just like naturally hysterical. Um, right. Just kidding. Like, is there some sort of combination? Like, you guys ever grill him on that? Like, dude, where did you get that one? The one you had this afternoon at practice? Like, did you think about that ahead of time? Is that a regular? I, I, he I doesn't think about it ahead of time. I can guarantee that he's. It's just kind of comes off the cuff. He's got like a very dry, sarcastic sense of humor. Um, and sometimes I'll say, you know, a lot of times I'll say stuff where you're like, is he being serious right now? Or is he fucking around? And yeah. it's, you know, we've all been around like coaches like that where you're like, is this fun time or is he, is he mad? Yeah. And so that, that happens quite a bit with him. And you always lean towards like, I think he's mad until he starts laughing. Um, yeah, he'll do stuff in, it's a safer route. He'll do stuff in team meetings all the time, um, where he'll play a, you know, a movie clip or something and. You think it's going to be like some motivational something and it ends with like some, you know, funny fart joke. And you're like, oh, it was just for fun. OK, I got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's good, man. He keeps it light. He keeps it fun. And he's, he's a hell of a lot of fun to play for. Well, you got a good rapport with them because that was seven for seven right there. And that's, you know, we usually do tough questions on here and usually 100 percent is not the batting average. So just looking at him compared to Sean McVay, I think you probably couldn't play for two more different coaches. You know, how would you compare your experience yeah. with Sean and your experience with Dan so far? Uh, different. Sean being the play caller changes a lot of things too. Um, just the relationship with that where you're you're constantly talking scheme and stuff and, and making sure you're on the same page where, where Dan, he was the play caller, I guess, for a little while there that first year, but he, he isn't, um, him and I don't need to have those discussions as much. Um, but yeah, different, different. Uh, I, I would say Dan's more old school. Um, they're both great. I, I enjoyed my time with both of them, but um, yeah, no doubt. Definitely different. Yeah. And Sean, I, I mean, talk about it a little bit. And I know in the beginning it was different than it was in the mini, middle than it was at the end, right? You were evolving as a player. Um, but I, so I remember a story. I was talking to Frosty Rucker. Remember that name? Oh, yeah. Tackle? Oh, yeah. So Frosty and I played Pop Warner against each other. And then he played at USC with my brother. And then he played with the Bengals with both my brother and I. And then he played with the Cardinals with my brother. So it's just like, right. I can't get away from Frosty, right? Um, but I remember Frosty I, telling I me I played against him at some point, maybe in 16, 16 or 17 with the Cardinals. No, you definitely did because he was telling me a story and okay, I was got like, it. Got it. he was like, dude, and I, you probably, you might've played against him at SC. I don't know, but you were younger, but, um, but he was like, dude, it's so crazy. We played at LA and I, cause it was something where Frosty was standing up. Like you were, you were dialing it up at, at the line of scrimmage and Frosty's standing up. And I just made a comment to him after like the game the next day or something like that. I'm like, Hey, what were you doing? He's like, bro, I can hear Sean McVay telling him what to do in the headset. Yeah. And I'm listening. You know how like you get a double mug and you got both the linebackers and they're waiting for the point And then they like, right. you know what I mean? Like there's that we're only a yard away. Right. right. But 
I mean, how how has that transition been from being play, playing for Sunny Dykes in, in college? Where, you know, grip it, rip it, spread it. Yep. Here we go, signal and go. To like, I would joke around that McVeigh was on the sideline with a Madden controller. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, go was, like this. I guess I can clear it up a little bit. He was never like telling me what to do. He was telling me what play to check to. Uh, especially early in that offense when we were, you know, that first year, certainly we did a lot of that, the on the ball, uh, you know, hot, 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 no snap, no play here, get to this, you know, he'd have his whole menu on the sidelines. Um, and I think as I've gotten older and, and certainly in our offense now with the lions, uh, I have a lot of those responsibilities, which is, which is fun. Um, and it's something that early in my career, I don't think I could have done. And, and he was great at it. And then we had a good, good thing going there, but, um, now we do a lot of that, uh, and it's on my shoulders, and it's fun. It's fun to play that game with the defense, to be up there and, and make those decisions and, and ultimately have to make it work on your own. Well, how much of it now? I see it with Josh a lot right now, too, is just getting up to the ball, and you got a play going, right? Like like Sean, his, we call it our NASCAR series, right? It's just our one-word plays. We're on the ball. Everyone knows what they're doing. How right. much of that now is when you're on the ball, right, and you don't got good looks, but you don't have a killer and alert on the play, and you can just go through your menu of being in that offense for three years and being a vet, just being like, oh, I know versus this too high look, like we can get to this right now. Let's go. Right. Yeah. No, I've done that a handful of times. Typically when the when the game comes around, we've got our, our menu and, and we know what we want to get to. Um, but there's certain times where, you know, certain it's more so like the front presents a look where like our run yeah. is so good. Um, and, and I know that we want to get to that run versus this front. We just didn't call the play on that play. Um, and, and that that's happened. Uh you know, the, the past stuff, typically we've got stuff built in for that. And, and there will be times, yeah, where I can check to something easy just to get a completion. Um, and, yeah, certainly we've done that. I think it's grown this offseason a lot through OTAs and training camp. Really my second year in this offense because of yeah. uh, Anthony Lynn was our coordinator the first year. So my second year in this offense, kind of taking that next step and um, being able to do exactly what you're saying, check to stuff that we know is there that we've talked about for you know, over training camp that, Hey, we get this quarters look, take the quick out type of stuff. Um, yeah, that, that, that'll come up, but, um, I can't say I've done much of that last year. It'll happen more probably this year. Let's shift gears here. You're one of the few guys that's been on hard knocks twice, right? Three times, three times my rookie year, uh, the COVID year in LA. And then last year, Oh, I forgot about the COVID year. That's right. I forgot about that. Well, the point of the question was the first and the third one. Um, you know, I, you guys, Rams used to have training camp in Irvine. I'd be out cruising around. You guys are right down the street from me. And I come out and say, what's up and yep. talk to Les and, and Sean and those guys. Um, and I just remember your rookie year specifically, you know, they trade three first round picks and then they move up and they take Jared Goff number one and all that stuff. And you got Chris Hinky, who's winky, who's been doing like all the draft prep stuff at that time. And he was like the guy. And I, you know, you know, you, you watch practice, practice looks like practice, right? But. I just remember like nobody got put, no rookie. And you know what I do for a living. I'm around rookies getting drafted high every single year for this is my 16th year. Right. And so I intimately watch how things are handled and you know what I mean? And behind the scene, all that. And I just, I still to this day don't know any rookie who's been put in a worse spot. Winky just smashing you in the quarterback room, them showing you make mistakes that by the way, rookies make mistakes, by the way. Like, right. yeah, I forgot the digs over there. Yeah, I mic'd the will. Right. Right. <laughs> just, like, put you on a platter to look terrible when you were doing what every single rookie does when they're learning a complicated NFL offense. So then, like, the transition going into last year, I mean, 
what, what was that like that rookie year? But and by the way, the, the St. Louis Rams moved to Los Angeles. So there's like, Oh, poof, here's our new team. We're going to try and get new fans. Like talk me through, if you can go back a little bit of like, yeah. dude, that was a hard rookie year. Yeah, it was hard, but there was, there was some scars. Certainly when we got hard knocks again, I'm like, you know, they, I, I kind of got, uh, you know, treated a certain way it felt like. And, um, but yeah, it, I think I was probably naive to it at the time. Um, when I was a rookie at, you know, some of the stuff like, Hey man, don't, don't show me saying that, or don't show me, you know, dropping a snap or something that kind of every rookie does at some point, like to your, to your mentioning. But, um, you know, I think ultimately it, it, it helped me grow and helped me, you know, learn more about this league and how it kind of works and, and what they're looking for and, and what they're trying to expose if they can. So I learned through that. And, and then last year I was in a much better position to be able to kind of control it a little bit. And, and, you know, one of the things we did was I, I, I've done it three times now. So I've, I've known the producers, I've known this crew pretty well. And, and I said, Hey, I'll do any mic'd up you want. I'll do any interview you want. Can I just have the quarterback room with no cameras? So if you watched mm. it last year, you, there was no clips in the quarterback room. Um, and, and, it, you know, it's, it's a safe haven. I can go in there. I can say what I want. I don't have to worry about the camera turning on and turning towards you. And, and then you're like, Oh shit. Okay. This is getting recorded. Um, so we were able to get that done where I was, had a little safe haven in the quarterback room. And, um, it, in that way, it didn't feel the same at all. It, it felt much more normal. Yeah. I was on hard knocks in 09 or 2010 or something like that Bengals, And we had a fullback who names Jeremy Johnson. And he was like, he had a, he really struggled to keep his weight down, but he was, but he had been to like two pro bowls and he was one of those guys. Like he was, he should have been 255 and he was show up at 280. And so, but what the producers didn't know is that like he was struggling with some eating stuff. You know what I mean? Like he was, right. it was an, there's an emotional root of all that. And so he was struggling with that and he was seeking help and he was getting better, but he did show up 25 pounds overweight and they crushed him. Yeah. And they made him look like a fat piece of shit slob who didn't take football serious. And that's not what the case was. We all love Jeremy. And yeah. I roll in one day. Uh, I forgot my playbook. It's we're in Georgetown, some random college in the middle of nowhere, trying to pep training camp. I forget my playbook, run over to the, the locker room. That's like way over there, grab my playbook. And I roll in and he's like, like fighting the producer. Like, and it was not going to be an even fight right. and full on, like calling trainers to get him off of him. And it was like, they were, it was like three episodes in and you, you got, you know, from being on it, you don't watch the episode before it's live. You watch it live, no, yeah, you like in your live. dorm or, or really nowadays you see clips and you're like, shit, like what else did they have of me doing that? And, you know, you see the Instagram clip and you're like, well, now I have to watch it to see what else I said. Yeah. That was in. You know? yeah. Yeah. Do you watch all of them? Uh, last year, I probably watched like half of them. I don't know. I mean, I can't quite remember. I don't like go back and watch them. If I happen to be on TV when, yeah. watch TV when it comes on, sure. Um, but, but they were, they were really, really good to me last year. It was like night and day. And I think they kind of probably, um, recognized some of the stuff that had happened in the past. And so they would, they would show me stuff beforehand and be like, hey, what do you think about this? And, um, I know Dan obviously had a lot of control over it and, yeah. and the rest of our staff, but, um, it was, it was much more of a, um, let's show how great our city is and show how great our team is and kind awesome. of put that on display, which, which was fun as opposed to the, the gotcha of the LA season, maybe. Yeah, and, and as a 39-year-old father of three, I can tell you, um, it'll be a really cool yearbook down the road right. to show your kids, yeah. Yeah. right? So, like, actually, two weeks ago, I was got back from, like, Portugal on this long three-week trip all over with my family, and we went, and my old teammate, Brian Leonard, who I play with in Cincinnati, he's one of my best friends, he's got three kids, We he had it on his, it was, like, on his Netflix or whatever, 
And I was like, dude, I haven't seen this since it was like live. And so yeah, we watched that, yeah. our, our season back. This is like last week yeah. with our boys, our seven-year-old sons. That's cool. And it, so it was like, it'll be a cool yearbook. You know yeah. what I mean? In 15 years kind of thing. So. Yeah. Anyway. No, sp speaking of that, I was just a week ago scrolling YouTube and I didn't, I had forgot I did. Hey, rookie, that, that little uh, pre-draft thing that they do. Yeah. And that was on YouTube. It just happened to be on there. And I'm sitting here with my fiance. She's never seen it. Obviously she didn't even know me when I was that, that age and, and click playing. We kind of watched 21 year old version of me. And like you said, it was a cool little trip down memory lane where you're like, man, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. And that wasn't even yeah. that long ago. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's cool to hear you talk about just like the Rams days, because that's um, what year was that? That was 2018. You guys went to the Super Bowl. That was my first year in the NFL. So I obviously watched you at Cal. I watched you, you know, go in and transition, be the number one pick and come, but you go, you go from, Rams from then 2018 Super Bowl. Now it's 2023. That whole journey of Super Bowl not working out, things kind of going awry in LA, trading you for Matt Stafford, which has never really happens, right? Quarterback for quarterbacks, usually quarterback for picks. And in right. the city you poured your heart out into, right? You put everything you wanted, mm -hmm. then you go to Detroit and have to basically start from a Super Bowl team to a rebuild team. And your journey, like we talked about at the beginning, from from that to 2023 to see you coming out on top. I mean, we'll look at your stats right now. I never tweet. I actually tweeted about something about you last year. Your stats came out at right. the end of the year where you were the last nine games. You were 209 for 306, 2,400 yards, 15 touchdowns, no picks. And I was just like, I just, I guess I hadn't been watching you guys that much, but I saw that stat and I was like, what the hell? No picks, 15 touchdowns after starting one in seven, right? You were fifth in touchdowns, yeah. fifth in QBR, six in yards seventh and passer rating and it almost felt like last year during the season there was a point right you're one and seven then you finish seven and two did right. something happen was there a point did something change mindset wise or did you just win a game and then you kind of just caught fire yeah that's a great question we and i get that all the time it, it, i wish there was like one thing we had a team meeting or someone said something and it just flipped it really wasn't it was i think it was one of those dan campbell quotes Right. Yeah. No, I, I wish, I wish it was that easy. Um, there's no magic pill. It was just a, it was just a culmination of kind of learning how to win. I think yeah. we, we were, we were not playing bad football. I think if, you know, maybe fans didn't realize it, but people who are really watching the games, we were, we were in every game. We were playing good ball. We were certainly scoring a bunch on offense. Um, and, and so we were, we were there. It was just, you know, in that fourth quarter with five minutes left, we just wouldn't make that play. We wouldn't make that throw, that catch, that play on defense, whatever it may be. Um, and I think once we did it once, it was like a light bulb went off, certainly for a lot of the younger guys of like, oh, okay, like this is when those plays happen. This is when I have to really dial it in that much more um, and, and be ready to make that, you know, maybe off schedule play. Um, and, and so that happened, you know, in the, in the Green Bay game, we went home, I think like 15 to nine, we're horrible on offense that day, but our defense won the game for us. And from then on, we just kept stringing them together and it seemed like, it, we, you know, at that point, then you get hot and you're like, man, we can't miss. And, yeah. and that's when it's really fun. You, you talk about those games. You go the Bills game last year, right? You had it tied at the well, end so of the we, game. We went, the, we, we won every game besides the Bills and Carolina and the Bills. Okay. Game so that was at the won. end. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And Carolina then, but Bills, early in the year, Bills. right? Yeah. Early yes. in the year, you got the Eagles close, right? Close. Lost There's a ton three. of other ton of other games that you played close, right? And lost then Seattle by three, lost to uh, Minnesota on a field goal. Um, yeah, yeah there's a ton a of close games. Yeah. yeah, and I think we were talking about this before too. I think teams either – you don't really like blow a bunch of teams out in the league, right? You go into every right. game, no matter who you are, you're going to like 
it's like if it's the Chiefs playing, you know, the one in seven Lions, right? The Chiefs are sitting right. there saying, like, every team's showing up and every team has a chance to win any week. And so I really, truly believe that teams either find ways to win the game or you find ways to lose the game. And I think that's right. interesting you said that about the young guys, too. It's like you almost have to realize, like, oh, this is possible, right? Like, yeah, right. we're one in seven right now, but, like, oh, we can go and actually win this game. We can go make right. these plays to do it. Correct. Yeah. And it yeah. was like, it was like, it had to happen for guys, you know, to, to really feel it. Um, and, and again, like a game where we didn't play well on offense and we had some guys on defense make some huge plays. Our guy Kirby Joseph had three interceptions as a rookie. And it was like, you know, this, all this stuff is possible. Um, so yeah, it was fun. So I, I, I've always thought I've known you since you were, but junior in high school or something like that. And, uh, you've always been, you've been consistent, which I think you gotta be, you know, there's not many franchise legit dudes who are like change year to year. You know what I mean? You've been consistent since day one and never really cared about the media, not a social media guy. If you hear somebody about something, somebody says something bad about you, I bet it doesn't bother you the way that it would somebody who's less emotionally stable. Um, But let's say I'm an alien and I've never really watched football and I don't do that stuff. And somebody said, like, this guy's playing some of the highest level quarterback right now in the NFL. He's a franchise guy. He's got hundreds of thousands of dollars in his bank account. Um, Like, how does that motivate you? You know what I mean? When, when not getting the respect or does hearing bad things, does it do anything? Do you not literally not care? Is it a hybrid? I'm always curious how yeah. guys deal <laughs> with the yeah. inevitability of hate. I don't care. Who, there's people who think Patrick Mahomes are going to be bad this year. Like it doesn't matter. It's inevitable. Right. right. It's, it's definitely a hybrid. I think, you know, it's, it's impossible to say you don't hear it. It's, it's just impossible. Either your friends send it to you, look at how stupid this guy is and you see it on your phone or you're on Twitter and Instagram, you see all of it. Um, but I think if you're not internally motivated to a certain degree, certainly at our position, you have no shot. You, you, you can't ride that wave of you're so great this day. You're so bad the next day and, and, and how it goes in our league. So you have to have that internal motivation of something that drives you and something that makes you want to be great every day and, and pushes you every day. Now, sure. There's some things that you hear said that, that can t- tick that up just even more. Um, but you, but you really try to pay attention to that equally as you do the good stuff, which is, which is as least amount as possible to keep it pretty neutral. But yeah, sure. I hear things that, you know, uh, can, can turn me on a little bit and get me you know fired up to, to go get it. And, um, it, it happens throughout the year. All right. We're going to shift gears to another game here. Okay. None of us like getting sacked, right? It's not super fun. You know, when you're young, you got to figure out if you like it or not. Uh, I took a lot of this. sacks. I took a lot of sacks one year. That shit was terrible. I took a lot of sacks. Yeah. <laughs> well, and your top, top speed is 16.5. You're going to take a lot of sacks. I had 19 um, months. That's cool. Cool story. So, <laughs> This game is going to be, would you rather blank or take the sack? Ooh, cool. Would you rather do this or take the sack? And let's just, let's just say it's your old teammate, Aaron Donald. It's not a fun sack. It's not one of those like wrap you up, throw you down, you pop up and then watch the dude get caught. It's like a 2016 sack when they could still hit you, you know, before Kyle got into the league, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's one of those like, like I remember my brother telling me at the end of his career, he's like, there's, when you turn over 30, there's certain hits you take. Where when you're getting up off the ground, you're something subconsciously is telling you this is a three weeker. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this is three even. weeks of rehab right here. I can, right. I already know, right? right? All right. So one of those types of sacks, right? A three yeah. weaker. All right. Would you rather be stuck in a room until you can beat Frank Ragnow in a shrimp cocktail eating contest, or take sack. the sack? Sack. I can't win that. I can't. So win it's that. unwinnable. 
He's, okay. he's, you can he's get a, up off the mat, but you can't eat more than him. No shot. I can eat more than him. He would. He, I would throw up before I ate more shrimp cocktails than him. <laughs> That's Give us some context. I didn't write this question. Yeah, so I said this actually a few days ago in, in an interview, but um, I took them to St. Elmo's in Indianapolis last year when we practiced against the Colts. And he just killed the shrimp cocktails. I mean, it was it was ungodly. I'm talking like thirty to forty. What's he do at Indy when you go to St. Elmo's? What do you mean? You've been to St. Elmo's in Indy? Yeah, we were. There. That's where that's where we had uh, dinner. We that's did, where it was. We had a joint practice with the Colts, so we were like on one of the days we just had dinner there, and he was killing them. And then just last week we went to a steakhouse here in Detroit um, for a little O line dinner, and again it was just like. More shrimp cocktail. The, the guy comes back in. I'll take another order of shrimp cocktail, and it's just nonstop. And and again, he can he can put down. I don't know if he has on an empty stomach. I legit think he could eat forty to fifty of those pieces, you know shrimp, and and yeah. like kind of kind of no problem. Like he's he's yeah. not slowing down. He ate I don't know maybe twenty of them, and then ate a full meal, meal, you know appetizers, everything. All right. Would you rather have analysts and announcers, people calling games, awkwardly talk about your fiance's modeling career three times more than they already do? Or take the sack. <laughs> Three times more. I'll take a sack. Yeah, take a sack. Yeah, I'll take a sack. Yeah, How she, old is, she is doesn't that need that either. You know, it's probably even harder for her. Uh, especially away games, right? When she's actually watching. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Would you I'm rather two sacks already? I don't want to take many more. All right. Well, then let's see if you can stay on your feet. Would you rather lose Ben Johnson and have to call your own plays for two quarters? A regular season game or take the sack? I'll call my own plays. Oh, that's yeah. what I figured. Yeah, yeah. Ben, Ben, Ben can trust me. I got it. I know. I know. I know what he likes. You know, I can make it work. Uh, all right. Would you rather have a hundred more people come up to you before the end of the year and tell you where the sun rises, <laughs> or take the sack? Uh, they can tell me that. I I know they can. They can tell me. I got it now. But I, I think you just got fun. your cheesy like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm like, all sure, right, got it, sure. yeah, you got it's it. One yeah. of these guys right here, left, exactly. right, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I, uh, that was you know, speaking of hard knocks, that was the clip. But you know, I got it now. It's it's ingrained in my brain forever. I will never, never mess that up again. It's west, right? Uh, it's in the west. Rise in the east. It says in the west. Yeah. There we go. Uh, last one. Would you rather have coat? I don't want to miss it again. Just yeah. remove north and south from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just cut out fifty percent of the wrong answer. Yeah. Now it's truly fifty-fifty. Yeah. Uh, would you rather have Cody Co lie to you one more time or take the sack and give us some context on this? Oh God, uh, that's what um, I'll I'll take a sack because it's getting to be a lot at this point. Um, so, gosh, this is how long do we have? This is a long story. Uh, I saw him. I saw him in Mexico. I saw him in Mexico. And, uh, I'm a fan of his just from like the internet stuff. Like I, I, I hadn't met him before, but I just got, I had just done a charity softball game for California strong, that charity that I'm a part of, um, with some of those guys. And for w whatever warped reason in my brain, I thought he was there when I saw him in Mexico. Um, and so I was like, Hey dude, good to see you. Um, you know, the charity softball game was fun. Like, good to see you. And it was quick. It was like high and by, and he kind of just went with it. He was like, yeah, you know, great to see you there. Um, and I didn't think anything of it and, and fast forward a week or two and he does a podcast episode and he's telling the story and he's like, I just straight up lied to him. I wasn't there and I, I felt uncomfortable. So I just, you know, straight up lied. And, and so that kind of made its way back to me and I thought it was hilarious. He reaches out. He's like, dude, you got to come on the podcast and talk about the, the whole situation. So I come on his podcast and we do a, you know, 15 minute talk about it and kind of joke and laugh about it. And, and we finished it with, um, there's a company called Friday beers that I'm invested in. 
and they had told me that he was invested in it. And he, I guess he wasn't, but he was going to, or, you know, he was, he, it was in between whatever. And so I had mentioned to him, I'm like, actually, you know, before I leave, you know, I guess we're invested in the same thing together. It's, you know, Friday beers, whatnot. And he's like, yeah, you know, Friday beers. Awesome. <laughs> I'm like, all right, see ya. And I leave and then they keep rolling. And he's like, I'm not invested in Friday beers. I see that and, clip. It's so good. <laughs> and they just kind of fall on the ground laughing about it. They're like, dude, why do you keep doing that? Like, and, and I kind of feel people thought I was doing it on purpose the second time. Like I was just trying to set them up. And no, I just, uh, it was just a funny moment and, and he, I'm still a fan of his, but at some point we're going to have to go and do a podcast with, with zero lies and, and have a good interaction. Going back to some more quotes now. Um, so we had Kayla Williams on week one, his quote that he had was that he said he wants, he plays football to become immortal, which is wild. Now, by the way, we didn't say, give us a quote. These are just quotes. That no, came out. he just what? decided to, he said he, he plays football to be immortal. And I was like, whoa, that's different. I've never heard that before. Josh, Strong. actually, Josh Allen, we just posted his. We're recording this today. We posted his today. He said that he is the best athlete on the planet all around. Josh, yeah. Well, he and said he, it because he was challenging Barkley's wife to pickleball, and she said she'd beat him. And he just, in passing, said, I'm the best athlete on the planet. Kyle happened to be there here. So we were like, well, we'll hold up. Let's unearth that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, then he backed it up the next day at practice, too. He comes to practice. And I was like, I don't know if you remember saying that. You were a little inebriated. But uh, you said you were the best athlete on the planet. And he goes, uh, yeah, I think so. Like, all around. He stands by it? He fully stands by it. And he stands by it on the podcast yesterday. Good for him. So, yeah. So we were saying, is there anything that you'd like to say? To that nature yeah would you like to share anything with the audience <laughs> yeah I, I i guess this is i i think i'm one of the best ping pong players in the state of michigan Ooh, not in the and country just how, michigan i don't know how i'd be able to prove that and i'm not like in my you know in my stuff right i haven't been playing in a while but when i'm playing and i'm like practicing and, and, and doing a lot of it not much during the season but you know in otas or whatever you're in the locker room playing i don't think there's many guys who can beat me i'm saying any not not football players like people in the state of Michigan. Ooh. Do you have so your phone like, right next to you? Yeah. Hold your How do you hold your paddle? I put my finger I put my finger on the backhand. Okay. And you're straight here with it. Ton of spin. Ton of spin, forward backwards. Yeah. I I I've, if again, if I'm playing a lot, I, I guess I can boast about that. If I'm playing yeah. a lot, I, I don't feel like there's many people who can beat me. Ooh, Are you soft paddle? I, you got to be soft paddle, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have a, and I you have, have your own paddle, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have a multiple. Now I, I say that now when I went to the, the Super Bowl and did the ping pong thing against those guys, some of the other NFL, or NFL players were there and Trent Taylor for the Bengals is the best ping pong player I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And he's, and he's lefty and he's nasty. Oh, so that's just weird coming at you too. Nasty. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't come in second place there. So I guess some of those guys can beat me, but state of Michigan, I got respect. Do you have a weakness? Backhand, forehand, no, no weakness. No. Not when I'm, I'm playing. A lot. Like right now, right now, I can lose to some people, but when I'm playing a lot, I'm I'm pretty bulletproof. I like that. I some of the most unbelievable ping pong I've ever seen is Devin Hester and Brandon Marshall when I was in Chicago. There would be there'd be thirty people like kind of you're standing over the crowd like it was a they didn't play without thirty people around that table watching wanting to see it play and obviously like shirts off, tons of shit talking. Yeah. But Devin Hester and Brandon Marshall is some of the most talented, impressive ping pong I've ever seen. This was whatever years ago, but uh, I respect it, and that's a that's a good game to get 
uh, get humbled on too. Well, there's I, there's a player in the league right now. I won't name names because it's not a good story about him. But there's a player in the league right now who is down. I've heard over a million dollars to somebody in ping pong from locker room ping pong. <clears throat> what are we doing? What are we also, doing? I had a teammate before that's, too. That's, that's illegal nowadays, you know, with the new gambling rules. That yeah, it was it was old old guy. He's a former player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, for back now. back in the day <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> there's another guy too with there's a he was playing cornhole and this guy he just kept beating this guy in cornhole he said double it double it double it double it finally got right. to like 60k and like a couple days good. later he was like hey man like it's all fun games but like i need my money you know and so the guy was like i don't have the money i don't want to give it like my wife's gonna kill me and so he was like give me your watch and he gave him his his ap like his fifty thousand dollar ap like off his wrist just gave it to him Yikes. Over cornhole, bro. Cornhole. Like, come on, yeah. man. Brutal. Dude, we used to drive from Cincinnati to Indy all the time. It was a three-hour bus ride, and these guys would play Blu-ray, and oh, that yeah. game would get crazy. Because you'd have three hours there, and then you'd have right. three hours back. Right. And it was like, no, I've only played that what happened in the back of the bus? Yeah. I, I remember. I haven't really played. I don't really remember how to play, but I remember it builds so quickly and it can get. Well, crazy. you can get out, right? Like if you're only going to play with 300 bucks, like you can, you can like yeah. fold and you're out, right. but it can, the pot can turn to six grand too. Right. Yeah, you know what not, I mean? Like that. Right. Yeah. Dude, I remember Julius Peppers used to bring like a manila folder on the plane just full of cash of cash yeah and, and it was Chicago. him and like uh, however many other people and i would sit i sat right behind him on the plane and they just played on the floor and they'd like they'd come up at the end and be like oh yeah you owe me 30. i was like 30 30 what 30 grand <laughs> and i'm like a rookie making p squad checks at this time i was like i don't know if i'm built for this man. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're winding it down here um but uh we're gonna pull up a couple of clips okay it'll it's gonna populate on your screen uh, this is our chance to kind of talk some ball, right? I mean, you do an interview with a regular person and you go try and hit the fade over the top, but like, right. uh, obviously disclose what you'd like about the play here, not sure. talking into what we do versus certain looks, but, um, in this play right here, this is a week one, really close losses. One we mentioned earlier, third and two, less yep. than four minutes left in the fourth quarter, down 10 to Philly. Yep. Um, let's go ahead and let that play. Talk us through what you saw, what you were thinking. And obviously this is a. Dot. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we were trying to come back in that game. So really, in my head, I was trying to kind of score as fast as possible. Um, and and you know, you get your X over there to run a go ball so many times a game, but how many times you get them pressed up and press coverage? Uh, as soon as we got that, uh, it was go time. Knew it was single high. Just held the safety for for a count and put it out there. DJ made a great catch. It was really good coverage too. Yeah, I mean, well, this is the no defense for perfect throw situation here. Had they been um. Like protection wise, had they been showing different things? They've been pretty vanilla. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a, you know they brought zero on like a second and eight or second and ten, if I remember correctly, which was kind of um, unusual. And and so w there was there was a few things in that week one. There always is where there's some stuff you're not really expecting. And um, but this clip, as soon as you see this here, you kind of know you're you're good to go and um, just hold them and throw it. Let's talk about that for a sec. So week one. Uh, everybody has week one this week, right? Um, you can, even if you're playing a team that the defensive coordinator has been there for three years or eight years or whatever, you, you still like, they had an off season too. I'm curious and Kyle add in what you think too, but Jerry, what, how do you approach week one? You can't just watch a bunch of tape like you can in week 10, right? right? Because especially a new coordinator, whatever. 
Like, how do you approach week one in terms of what they're going to do? And I know it's heavily relied on the tablet on the sideline because you right. want to see what the hell they're actually doing. But how do you approach that week one? I think there's a fine line between, you know, watching enough and watching too much, especially for week one. There's just so much time and you know who you're going to play for so long. And I could sit here and watch the Chiefs for the last three months. And, and would it give me more info? I don't know. Maybe would it cloud me up and make me think too much? Probably more more likely. So you try to kind of start that process, you know, as close to the game or as, as a regular week as you as you can. There's some excitement that, you know, I've been watching them prior to this week, but it, it, you try to, you know, hold off as, as long as possible. But yeah, they're, they're going to bring a blitz that, you know, we, we haven't seen and they're going to have some stuff that we haven't seen and we're going to have to react to. And uh, that's why you have your rules. That's why you practice and, and you, you have answers in certain situations for certain looks. But um, it, it's that way all across the league. And I'm sure our defense will have something for them as well. Yeah. Do you, is it more good versus everything plays, right? Like more, whether it's pure progressions or Probably. Hank. You know what I mean? So we can almost use this play to then go on the sideline and figure it out. Has that been more of a comfort zone, the, all the week ones you've played now? Probably, yeah. I think you, you want to run your best stuff, stuff that's been good through training camp. Um, maybe some wrinkles that you haven't shown anyone, haven't shown in preseason, but it has been good on the practice field. Um, you know, your runs are going to be probably your bread and butter. But at the same time, I think one thing that we, we pride ourselves in, and I know Ben does as well, is being able to adjust in-game. And so they want to play a certain front. They want to play a certain personnel that maybe we hadn't prepared for. Okay, we've got we've got you know X amount of plays that we can run versus that that you know guys know from a previous game or previous practice or something that we can just kind of roll out there. Um, so yeah, we we feel like we can adjust, but at the same time, yeah, probably to answer your question, you do have a lot of uh, bread and butter stuff and stuff that you're that you're good that you're good at. Cool. So the second clip here is a week twelve uh, third and goal. Little under 14 left in the fourth. You guys are down by five uh, to Buffalo here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, talk through this concept and, and the situation. Yeah, we, we, we run this quite a bit. At least we did last year. Um, it's like a little whatever dart return is what we call it. And then over with like a end line basic, we call it a race route. Uh, and, yeah, that it, it looks like zero. I don't know if it ends up being zero, but it, it sure looks like it. And, um, go through your progression and DJ came open again across the back end line again, made a hell of a catch kind of behind his eyes there. Uh, was this fourth down third or fourth down? I think maybe it was this is third and goal, third and goal. Yeah. So yeah, kind of one we probably had to have, we probably would have gone for it on fourth down knowing Dan, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good throw and catch and, um, was a big game that, you know, unfortunately we didn't. And this is number three in the progression. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Number three. How quickly. I mean, that is such a split decision. I mean, you're still getting your fingers on the laces when you're saying yes or no to one, right? So how quickly, right. and these ones are hard to simulate too, right? The sense of urgency when you get down, these windows get tiny and you've only really got 11 yards of depth right. to play with here. Um, and, and no one's going to be open, right? It's right. just going to be, is there a space to put the ball? Right. And you, you, you can even, you could even say I could throw it to number two here, you know, with, with what, what it ends up looking like. Uh, I, I moved through it qu pretty quickly on this one. I, you know, they would, they had no safety in the middle of the field. So I had a pretty good feeling that end line was going to be open. So I got through it a little quicker than maybe I probably should have. Um, but it, but it worked. Um, yeah. but yeah, you, you have a feeling for space, exactly what you're saying. You don't really know, but whoever that is, I think that's what 53, 52 there, AJ Klein. He's kind of in the window for number two a little bit. So I kind of felt him and moved on. Well, it's just interesting, like, cause this is max protect, right? But zero down here, you're going to have a guy free. When you're thinking about that, are you watching guys drop out knowing like, Oh, I can get to number three here. Or are you just like, I need to get this ball out as soon as possible. Where is somebody? 
Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Like I, I saw a 52 drop out, and, and at that point, I kind of know they're not bringing everybody. And and it, um, who else dropped? 58. I guess both both linebackers drop out. But I also know how fast the concept is, and and in general, I should be able to beat whatever they're bringing if I throw it on time. Um, so yeah, there's that urgency. But you know, you have a general feel for if somebody's free rushing or not. And on this one, I didn't feel it. Last clip here. Uh, third and sevens. Two minutes left in the fourth quarter. You're up eight on the Vikings. Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell out in the flat. Talk a little bit as we pull this up. Talk a little bit about Penny. Penny is awesome, man. We're lucky to have him. He's uh he's got all the tools that you could ever want in an O lineman. He's so damn athletic. I mean, you can see it here. It's <laughs> uh, unbelievable. And, like throwing it to him, him catching it was like never a thought. Like we're like he's gonna catch it. It's just Will he know what to do once he catches it and, and be able to get the first down? Um, but yeah, I mean, he can roll. I mean, he can, he can roll. He's a lot faster than I am. And, uh, getting him the ball in space is a good thing for us. Dude, he looks like Just a grizzly bear. The, the third and seven, like third and one, sure. Third and two, maybe third and three. Nah, third and seven. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I think we were operating with four downs here. Uh, yeah. We had a little package of plays. I think we talked, Ben and I talked about it on like Monday or he, he brought it up. He's like, I want to find a way to, to throw Panay the ball. And I'm like, okay, well, kind of crazy, but, you know, it sounds good. He's like, you know, I think he can do it. And so we had this package where we had a, a jumbo tight end in there. I think we had seven alignment in on this or six alignment. And um, it was a sequence of plays. So as soon as we ran this personnel on the field, uh, these three plays were happening in order. And it, it was like a, you know, power, a wide zone, and then this play. And uh, so, you know, when, when we came, brought him on the field, we kind of all know what it's, it's culminating to and the excitement starts to build and we know it's, you know, okay, now it's two plays away. Now it's one play away. And sure enough, it looks like that. And my, and my favorite part of the clip might be Kevin O'Connell, who I, who I love. Yes, I saw that, bro. Yelling at the ref to get a timeout off here. Well, the best part about this clip is Penny stays in bounds too. He does. He does. And that was the whole conversation. The huddle was like, all right, Penny, you're going to catch it. You're going to get the first down. You're going to go down. Um, and he did all of that, man, pretty, pretty eloquently for a big guy. Yeah, wow. Bouncing off the ground. That's awesome. You probably throw him one to big wit though, right? Does big wit. Have any catches from Jerry Ross? No, we didn't, we didn't run any trick plays there. There was, we didn't really do much of that. I threw, I'm trying to think if I ever threw it to an alignment there. I don't, I don't think so, but I know he, I know he, I know he had a touchdown in Cincinnati, at least one. Yeah. It's funny. You guys know big wit is like the old vet in the room. Right. He was third wheel with Dottie and I in Cincinnati. No yeah. Yeah. Yeah, before uh, before he got married and all that stuff. So I knew I know wow. I know the left guard young guy, big wig with they, a little bit rookie. of hair. Yeah, you're right, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, the last one's not a uh, not a cut up in all twenty two. Let's pull this up. This is more or less. I'm just curious here. This is off <laughs> what looks like TikTok. Um, we got some no looks coming this year. Like no, how to go? I, 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 won't, like, I won't do any eyes closed this year. We may do a couple no, no looks, but the closing the eyes. You know, it, I I was throwing with Amonra that day, and and I was joking. I was like, I really feel like I can throw it to him with my eyes closed, just with how our chemistry has gotten. And I'm like, you know what? Just film this. I want to see if I can do it. And that was the first. That was the first rep of it. And you know, we we hit it. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to post it, but Saint, you can post it. And he he ended up posting it. Um, but yeah, it's pretty funny. I thought the comments on it were freaking hilarious. It was, it was really funny. Like some of the people were like, Oh, that must've been what he did in the Super Bowl." You know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually thought it was pretty funny. Um, yeah. but it, it was, it was good. It, it went a little viral there for a minute. And, uh, yeah, but I don't plan on closing my eyes too often this year. Hey, let's yeah. talk about Amon Ra for a second. Just, uh, I, I've been around him since he was in seventh grade. 
So he was JT Daniels. You know that name? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was JT's wideout. And so JT's dad had hit me up as a seventh grader. I was still playing at the time. But, hey, we work with my son, blah, blah, blah. He's the best thing ever in seventh grade. And I, shit, he was. But he brought little Amon Ra with him. Right. And uh, and so I've been around Amon Ra since he was little. And, I mean, you know what I do for a living. So come draft time, I'm talking to a lot of general managers and front office personnel about what I think and all that stuff. And out of anybody that I've said good things about to GMs. He's proved you right. I've got more <laughs> juice off what I told GMs that Amon Ra was going to be, and then what, and and Detroit was a team that I didn't talk to, right? Oh. But there's some GMs. If I called them out right now, they like boy, could they use a number one receiver playing one or two, making what on a rookie fourth round contract? Because right. this dude, what he is, is exactly what I thought he would be. Now you need a great quarterback to show it, but just talk a little bit about. Yeah, uh, and and everyone can run fast and catch balls. They can all do that, right? right. This that's dude, right. I would not fuck with Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> right. I, I wouldn't, man. This is a bad dude. That's, I guess, what I would say right off the bat is you could take everything physical off the table and just go straight into his work ethic and and his football IQ and and his want to win and and his will and and that all that is what makes him great. Obviously, he's talented. He's fast. He's strong. He can catch. He can run great routes. He does all that great, but. Um, I think his, his just natural competitiveness and, and, and work ethic and, and internal drive, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, just is, is off the charts and, and what makes him so great. It's awesome, man. I'm so pumped for him and hope he gets a massive, massive payday. Uh, Kyle's yeah. been best friends with Christian Kirk forever. Similar body type, similar body right, yeah. work and all that More. stuff. Yep. It's like yep. hopefully Amon Ra gets, gets one of those kinds of deals. But Yeah, yeah um, I'm sure he will. We're going to wrap this up with a two-minute drill, man. Uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to throw a two-minute timer up on the screen. Um, and this is our favorite part of the show. We're just two minutes, man. What uh, You can start this your, your QB journey wherever you want, middle school, Pop Warner, high school, whatever. But just the highs and lows of your career. Um, you know, known you since you were a kid. It's yeah. been so fun watching you. And even if I miss stuff, I get a text from Yogi Roth. You know what I mean? Do you see JG? You know, like, so just one way or another, been following it from day one. Um, but, uh, yeah, pumped to hear your two minutes. We'll be on mute. It's all you. Sure. And, uh, all right. Start okay. it wherever you want to start it. Uh, shoot. Okay. So the first, I started playing football when I was eight years old and, uh, the first split position I ever played was quarterback and I've been playing quarterbacks ever since then. Went through, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, uh, went to Marine Catholic high school, played quarterback there, got an offer from Cal, played quarterback there for three years. Um, had six, had a bad year. My, my freshman year, we were one and 11. We got a little bit better. The second year we went five and seven. And then the last year we went eight and five, finished with a bowl win, played pretty well towards the end there. And, uh, was able to, uh, leave for the NFL draft after that. Let me take a breath. Um, then I uh, get drafted by the Rams. I was the number one pick and had five years there. You had the Super Bowl year in 2018. Um, a lot of fun there. And then, uh, you know, things just didn't go how you kind of draw it up for the next couple of years. And uh, ultimately uh, was traded to the Lions. I've been there for the last three years. I think, though, that scenario with the trade has allowed me to have a great perspective on things and allowed me to grow up and, and, and understand what's important. And uh, become a better player, become a better leader, a better quarterback, uh, look internally sometimes, you know, see what you can do better. All that stuff as, as you know, that adversity has allowed me to do that. And I think this last year being able to play well and, and, and have our team have, you know, a little bit of success that we did have, 
has made that, you know, kind of experience that, you know, that was hard, really hard, make it worthwhile and um, kind of coming out the other side right now with, you know, a lot to look forward to this year and um, a good year ahead. So, yeah, I think uh, you, you're able to, you know, hopefully gain some respect from some guys for, for going through something that's, that everyone knows is hard and you come out the other side of it, you know, looking okay and able to, again, look forward to this year and, and, and have a fun year. But yeah, I hope though that, quarterback isn't defining me and that I can be much more than that, I guess is how I'll finish it off. Yeah, man. And you're engaged. You guys get married. You guys have a date yet or yeah. Next, next June, next June, next same with Kyle June. building a family, building a, building an amazing career, man. Uh, just so proud of you. So pumped for you, man. Um, we didn't really talk much about the lions upcoming season, but I've never seen the discrepancy between the NFC and the AFC the way that it is this year. And, uh, and so you guys got to be excited and opportunistic about what you guys have built and are building, but also what the opportunity is in front of you. Uh, it looks a little different on the AFC. If you just look at the quarterback names. Um, and uh, I think you guys are not, I think, I think the NFL community is, is poised and ready to see Detroit turn this thing around and, and, and win and go further and, and go potentially all the way, man. So I'm just so pumped to watch what this season has in store for you, man. Big uh, one of your day ones, man, for sure. Thank you, dude. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I appreciate it. This was, this was a lot of fun.